This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today's topic is lifestyle financial planning. What is this thing that we're hearing about calling lifestyle financial planning? With me today, I have financial planner Julie Chadwick. Welcome, Julie. Hi, Mary. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're glad that you're here because you and I both specialize in lifestyle financial planning. It kind of sounds like a new exciting thing, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It's a new term for something we've been doing for 15 years. Right. <laughs> new spin. Exactly. So this thing that's called lifestyle financial planning is kind of the new buzzword out there in the industry, and people are talking about this this new concept. So here's what it is. Basically, lifestyle financial planning is having a financial plan that's built around the lifestyle you want now and in the future, rather than just it being built around financial products. Right. So it's kind of the planning during your life, Mm -hmm. planning for retirement and getting that all in in a nutshell, putting it all together. Exactly. So like if part of your lifestyle in retirement is you want to travel around the world, then your financial plan would include the budget and the funds to travel around the world. So it's all the pieces that make it happen. Exactly. And we've been saying for a long time, you know, that what we're really, really good at at Stark Financial is helping you align your money with the life that you want to lead. And I think it's great that now the industry has come up with a term that says exactly what we've been saying, (laughs) (laughs) lifestyle financial planning. I love it. (laughs) So here's the thing. So this lifestyle financial planning goes beyond what we traditionally refer to as wealth. You know, normally when people are thinking about their wealth, you know, what are they thinking about? Money. They're thinking about their money, their retirements, their investments, yep. savings. Property, assets, net worth statements and things like that. That's kind of the traditional view of wealth. But lifestyle financial planning is basically saying, okay, you have this wealth, you have these assets. Now let's pivot for a minute and talk about what do you want to do in your lifetime? How do you want to spend your time? Right. It's about establishing the goals and what you need to control your life and your finances to make those goals happen. Exactly. So the fun thing about lifestyle financial planning is it definitely is logical. It definitely is built on math. It's definitely got your sequence of the rest of your life and what to do with your money in its forefront, but it marries it up with the emotional side. And that's what makes lifestyle financial planning so cool is that it's custom designed for you because it's about the life you want to lead. Right. So it's different for everybody. And I always tell people when they're getting ready to retire, I say, it's not, you know, we're not planning for what you're retiring from. It's what you're retiring to. That is a great way to say that. (laughs) What do you want to do in retirement? That's going to be a big factor. Exactly. Absolutely. So on the emotional side of it, you know, a lot of people don't think that going and talking to a financial planner is going to have a conversation that brings up emotions. But generally speaking, what we find is that a lot of times that first meeting, we can tap into some things that people didn't really know they were thinking about with money just because of some of the way we can ask different questions. 
And sometimes we open up a, a can of worms when husband and wife are sitting there and they might have <laughs> different ideas <laughs> of what they want to do in retirement. <laughs> That's exactly right. So let me tell you a little story about that that I just get a giggle out of every time I think about it. Um, so we had a couple in and we were talking about, you know, what retirement was going to look like for them. And they were both going to retire at the same time. So here they were, and I'm sure people listening can recognize themselves in this. They (laughs) had been working their whole careers, you know, been married, raised kids together. But, you know, five days a week, pretty much, they went to work. They came home and would see each other in the evening. Well, now that they were going to retire, we asked the question, well, what do you think your day-to-day life is going to look like now that you are both retiring? And the husband started talking first, and he was like, well, I mean, I guess I suppose we'll get up and kind of mosey around, and I'll read the paper and probably go work on a few things. And, I mean, I suppose since we're both going to be home, she'll probably fix us lunch. And he started to keep going on, and she just stopped him right there and said, you think what? (laughs) (laughs) It was not in her plan to fix him lunch every day during retirement. (laughs) That wasn't in her thing. I was actually speaking with a client last night, and he actually said, I said, what do you want to do in retirement? And he said, I want to do what I want, when I want, and how I want. (laughs) Uh, I like it. (laughs) And if we can set your financial plan up to do that, then game on. That's awesome. Yeah. So we we like to say, especially with spouses, we've heard the saying where you say, honey, I love you. I married you for dinner, but not for breakfast and lunch. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. I love that one. Yeah, super fun. So when you think about lifestyle, when you think about what it is that you want with your life, that is why you, you know, you end up digging a little deeper into that emotional side because it impacts your relationships with the people around you. It impacts your relationship with your money. It impacts how you feel about yourself and what you're still contributing to this world if you're not working anymore. And so that's the emotional side And it's really the marriage of the emotional side and the logical side that creates a strong financial plan that really resonates with someone, that they know that their money is actually set up in a way that does align with the life they want to live. Right. So when you do lifestyle planning and you come in and you do some planning, you're just going to get really clear on the goals that you want to do and making sure that that's going to be something that's doable for you. We want to make sure that the plan is in place and that you're set up to be able to have the lifestyle and retirement that you desire. Yeah. So here's a great example of how lifestyle financial planning can really um, create a different scenario in somebody's life. Um, Quite a while ago, I was working with a couple. They both were working still. And um, he really wanted to stop doing the job that he was doing And switch careers, but that would involve going back to school for two years before he would be able to do any kind of work in the field that he really wanted to spend time doing. And so, you know, that's quite a quite a change, quite a pivot for someone who is already in their late fifties. Right. To think about a career change then. That's a lot of extra work that he was planning on too. But that's what he wanted. Exactly. So when they came in, then as we dove into this goal, we were able to get a really clear picture of, okay, first of all, where are you now? You know, what are the incomes that are coming into your house? What are the expenses that you have? And if you're going to stop working and go back to school for a couple of years to embark on this new career, what do we have to do so that there's still enough money coming into your household to support the life you have now so that you can pursue the dream of the life you want to have later? 
And that was really an interesting exercise. The good news is we were able to figure that out. We were able to show them some strategies to tap into some of their accounts they didn't even know they could tap into at the ages they were. And then to be able to set it up so he could go to school. And then two years later, he got a job and started rebuilding his war chest for his actual real retirement. Doing what he wanted to do. Yeah. So that's the benefit of lifestyle financial planning is it's not just about the graphs and charts and numbers. They're definitely there. They're definitely part of it, but they're all centered around what matters most to you. Sometimes when people open up and they share those dreams and aspirations, they're maybe just thinking, oh, I'd maybe kind of like to do this. And when we're able to actually show them that they're actually able to do that, it's really eye-opening and gives them really clarity. Exactly. And I think that that's a really good word that you use there, Julie, clarity. Because a lot of times when you don't really know how to do something, it puts like a veil over your ability to see what you really want. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if you can get clear on what you really want and then have someone help show you the financial path to get there, I think that's a beautiful thing. I think that's a wonderful service. It really gives people a lot of relief in knowing that what's possible. And it gives them a lot of confidence to take action and to make changes in their life. Right. It's just helping them identify any gaps and making sure that we can take those gaps out fill it in with the, you know, the goals and dreams they want and make sure the plan is in place. Exactly. So let's talk about some goals and some dreams and things like that that we typically see inside of a lifestyle financial plan. So I think one of the things that I hear the most frequently from people is, you know, when I retire, I really want to do a little more traveling. Mm-hmm. I hear that a lot. Absolutely. Now, for most people, that's not like grandiose travel around the world type of things. Not world travelers, <laughs> but maybe just across the nation, across the United States. Or maybe take that final that trip that they've always wanted to do to go to Europe or to go to Paris or something like that. Um, I did have, and I think I've mentioned this on our show before, I had someone tell me about this ship that is actually called The World. Oh, yeah. And this ship um, is something that you buy an apartment on. It's a cruise ship. And it literally cruises around the world once every single year and just takes different paths. Mm -hmm. But you live on it. It's your address. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so it like ports in different places and you get on and you just live on there. And basically all you're doing is cruising around the world for as many years as you want to live on the ship. I think it's fascinating. That's awesome. Yeah. Now it's expensive. Of course. (laughs) That's a real big plan you got to figure in. (laughs) Right. But if you, if, if traveling is, isn't traveling to the next state over for you if traveling is some big world traveling dream. There's some amazing things out there, mm-hmm. and they're within reach for people. I mean, if you really wanted to, to devote some of your retirement assets to having that kind of adventure, what a cool thing. Right, and if sometimes if we can, when we're sitting down doing our planning, a lot of times when we can say, hey, you know, you're looking at that two-week vacation, when we can extend it to a six-week vacation to help them, yeah. that's gonna, they're, they're going to be pretty happy about that. Exactly. <laughs> So one of the things that lifestyle financial planning does is it helps you pinpoint how much you can comfortably spend once you're no longer working full time. And I think that that is a beautiful thing because 
usually that's a murky area. People are like, well, I don't know if I can spend that. And we see this happen all the time. People retire and they're like, oh, I don't know if I should spend $4.12 at Starbucks anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the $4 expenses that are going to get you. (laughs) Right. But you don't want to have to retire where you were in a comfortable spot and then all of a sudden be living a lifestyle where you're worried about the $4 cup of coffee. Right. When people come and see us, we want to take the guessing and the hoping out. Yes. And make it a lot more confidence in knowing (laughs) that they can have that coffee. We do not want your retirement plan to be built on hope. (laughs) That is not good planning. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about lifestyle financial planning, which although the term is a recent development in the financial planning world, the concept is not. Basically at the heart of it, lifestyle financial planning is the view that your money should support you to achieve and maintain the lifestyle that you want to be able to align the money with the life that you want to lead. Right. It's something we've been doing for, like you said, probably over 15, 20 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's just a fancy new term for it. <laughs> so let's put this another way. If you had enough money, how would you choose to live your life? I think that's a great question. If money were no object, what would you actually spend your time doing? So Julie, you answer that question. If money was no object, what would you be doing? I would definitely do some traveling. Mm-hmm. It would probably See, there be... There you go. First answer. <laughs> it'd probably be a battle between where we're going to travel. I would travel to Blue Waters, and my husband would travel to the forest and the trees. <laughs> ah, gotcha. So just really deciding that. But that's the key when you're, you're trying to decide this, especially with a spouse. Yep. It's just getting that combination out. So Yeah, and here's the thing. And I think this is a very, very good point that you just brought up. When you are thinking about what day-to-day life would be like if money was no object. If you are in a relationship with someone, the reality is frequently you have to renegotiate the terms and the expectations (laughs) of how that relationship is going to work. This is very true. This is very true. You know, you were saying that about your husband. So I happen to be in love with a a farmer. And (laughs) that means because of being a farmer, the love of the land and the responsibilities of the land and he has livestock and things like that. I'll tell you what, that means that he is bound to that land. So it's not like I'm going to be jetting off and buying a cabin on this cruise ship going around the world because I want my partner to be with me. So it means that you might go somewhere in short bursts instead of long bursts. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a good thing for people to think about. All right. So when you are thinking about what your day-to-day life might look like, there is one question that really can help you figure it out. And it's an odd question when you're thinking about financial planning, but this is the question. How do you want to feel in retirement? That's probably one of the questions that people don't get asked a lot. Right. And that's one of the big questions that we always ask. Absolutely, because this is going to help you get emotionally ready for retirement. So let me give you an example of somebody's answer so you can see how it translates to retirement. So I was working with a woman, and she retired from being a professor. She taught art at a university. And um, as we were talking about her planning, and I posed the question, how do you want to feel in retirement? She spent some time thinking about it, and what she came up with is she wanted to feel connected, creative, and generous. Those were the things that she really wanted to center her retirement years around. 
So the connected part of it was this. She had three grandkids, and they all lived in different places in the United States. And the connected part was it was important to her to, as a grandmother to be able to see those grandkids' little faces at least once a year. So what that meant in the financial plan was that for her to feel connected, we had to have travel money in the budget so that she could go visit those grandkids once a year. So that's how you connect the emotion with the planning. So when you're sharing the emotions, we're plugging away on the financial side. Yeah, to make <laughs> we those can things figure happen. out how to translate it for you. Right. <laughs> so then the creative one was very interesting. You know, being an art professor, she had always created art herself. And she'd always had an art studio in her home. And so on the creative side of it, for her to feel creative, she needs to have a space in order to work on her craft. And so that meant then when we were having the conversation about downsizing where she lived, that we could work on the downsizing approach to as part of her financial planning, but the place that she's going to downsize to always needs to be big enough to have room for an art studio in her house. Right. So that's not the normal thing people are considering when they're downsizing. But for her, that was an important part of the plan. And then the last part of it was the generosity piece. So she had grown up very poor. She had grown up remembering, or she remembers when she grew up, how it felt to be hungry. And so she had quite a passion for um, helping out the homeless, helping out the um, the people in the community that were in poverty that didn't have enough to eat. And, and she did a lot of that through her church and through a local soup kitchen that the church right, helped to with. Give back, right? Yes. And so that piece of it was giving back of, of time and of money. So when we're asking, you know, things like, well, what do you want your day-to-day life to look like? Well, for her, at least two days a week, she wanted to be involved for a good chunk of the day in working with her church and with the soup kitchen to help feed people that were hungry. So that was on a time aspect of it. She could envision herself doing some more of that. But it also meant that she wanted to continue to contribute to this organization. And so we needed to have money in the budget for continued charitable contributions because that was going to help fulfill her feeling of wanting to feel generous. Mm -hmm. So that's how you want to feel translates to lifestyle financial planning in three very big ways. Yep, exactly. So some people don't really get excited about the idea of retirement. For some people, it's not so much that they don't want to do their job anymore. They don't want to work. So if, if the actual idea of retiring isn't something you're aspiring to or excited about, then I want you to flip it in your mind. And I want you to start thinking about figuring out the point where work is optional. That's a whole different feeling than retirement. Because to some people, retirement kind of still feels like your grandpa's retirement, you know, sitting on the front porch in the rocking chair. (laughs) (laughs) And if you go from boardroom to board, that's not a really exciting retirement plan, right? We never want people to have to go back to work. Right. But if you want to go back to work, (laughs) that might be something too. You didn't do enough planning, maybe. Exactly. So for a lot of people, it's not so much about, well, when can you retire? It's about determining the point where work is optional. Because when you know work is optional, when you know you don't have to work anymore to create money for yourself, then your your reason for getting up and going to work is completely different. You're doing it because you want to. 
and you stop tolerating a lot of things (laughs) when you have that mindset. You're like, well, I don't really have to be here, so I'm not putting up with that anymore. I think that's the key word is the mindset. My, uh, Mm -hmm. I have a brother-in-law who recently retired, um, and he was, he worked for 31 and a half years as a state trooper. And last year he actually was, had a lot of time off work because of a medical issue. Okay. So he was forced not to work and mm-hmm. he was going nuts. Ah, gotcha. And I said, Hey, you, you, this is kind of going to be your every day next year. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you gotta, so that really kind of kicked him into the mode of yeah. what am I going to do in retirement? Mm-hmm. So once that December 31st hit and he was actually retired, then him staying home was optional, mm-hmm. and he was much more, well, he was a happier person. <laughs> I bet so, yeah. Nobody likes to be forced to do right. anything. So it's just the mindset, like you said. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So another question that we get sometimes is, well, can I afford to give money away to my children or my grandchildren? Mm-hmm. And here's the thing is, you know, that's going to be specific to everybody's situation, but what you just really want to be able to key in on is if you give that money away, is there a chance that it's going to impact your lifestyle in a negative way? Right. Is like, it going to hurt you now in today's years? Yeah. Are you going to wish that you had it back? <laughs> <laughs> or are you going to maybe be sacrificing so much of your retirement goals and dreams that you're trying to save all that for right. legacy? Exactly. So that's something that a good lifestyle financial plan, you know, if it's important to you to be able to help your family members, then winding that into your plan is going to be something that needs to be done before you make your decision about retirement. We um, were just recently working with someone who was kind of the financial linchpin of their extended family. They took care of um, nieces and nephews. They didn't have children of their own, but they took care of nieces and nephews and very, very deeply felt that financial commitment to make sure that those people were still going to be taken care of. And in fact, it delayed their own retirement for a couple of years because they wanted to just absolutely make sure that they were still going to be able to support their loved ones. Right. So I think that's an important thing that people can consider when they're winding their ideals and their goals and objectives into their planning. Right. All right, so the million-dollar question, and for some people it's a multi-million-dollar question, (laughs) is how much money do I need to make this all happen? (laughs) Is there a magic number to say when, you know, if I retire, how much money do I need, you know? Yep. What's that number? And the truth is there is no magic number. I wish there was. I wish I could pick up my magic eight ball and shake it and come out with a number. (laughs) But it's a little bit more complex than that. So when you are thinking about how much you need, it is totally and completely dependent upon the lifestyle you want to live. So the more highfalutin your lifestyle is, the more money you need. If you're going to be a world traveler versus on that Porsche, binging Netflix, (laughs) that's going to make a difference. Exactly. And that's the things that we need to know to help with the plan. That's right. So here's the good news. The good news is that lifestyle financial planning is available. It's there to help you figure out how you want to feel in the next phase of your life, what your goals are, what your objectives are, what you want to have your day-to-day life look like. And planning can be wrapped around that then to identify how to align the money you have with the life you want to lead. So thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. Views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. 
Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturt Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturt Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.